0: This is America's Roundtable from Washington, D.C., an initiative of the U.S.-based think tank International Leaders' Summit in partnership with Lancer Broadcasting Corporation and Supertalk Mississippi Media. Thank you for joining us on America's Roundtable. I'm Jolan Sami, your co-host, joined by economist Natasha Sardorj, co-founder of International Leaders' Summit and the Jerusalem Leaders' Summit.
1: America's Roundtable guests include leading voices from business, government, media, energy, technology, healthcare, and the broad policy arena. Subscribe to America's Roundtable on Apple Podcasts, Amazon, and Spotify. Visit America's Roundtable at americasrt.com. Welcome to America's
0: Roundtable! It's Saturday, and good morning and welcome to America's Roundtable from Washington, D.C. This weekend on America's Roundtable, we are truly delighted and honored to welcome an inspiring leader, one of America's most extraordinary entrepreneurs, John Katsimatidis.
1: John Katsimatidis was born on the Greek island of Nisyros. In 1948 and six months later, his parents emigrated to New York City in search of a better life. By his 25th birthday, he has achieved success with 10 red apple supermarkets scattered along Broadway on Manhattan's Upper West Side. As a young man, he went from grocery store clerk to what he calls a common-sense billionaire. In his new book titled How Far Do You Want To Go?, now available on Amazon, John is detailing how you can do the same. John Katsimatidis presides as chairman and CEO of United Refining Company, Grocery Conglomerate Red Apple Group, and owner of Red Apple Media. And without further ado, we extend a warm welcome to John Katsimatidis. Welcome, John.
2: Welcome, John. Thank you so much for having me, and uh, I'm happy to be with you. And and I am an immigrant, and I believe in immigration. Uh, America is the greatest country in the world, and New York is a great, uh, great city. And so many opportunities. So, one of the reasons I wrote the book is to inspire immigrants, to inspire uh, people in the whole world. Say, if you come here and you work hard, you could be successful too. And uh, I work very hard with a lot of children's groups in New York, and I go around in the poor communities in Harlem and Bedford-Stuyvesant, and and I try to. Teach those kids that if you work hard, get an education, keep your nose clean, don't get in trouble. You can achieve greatness in America because that's what Americans and that's what immigrants have been doing for hundreds of years. And it's that important. I, I hope we do inspire some people to see. And for the adults, I tell them, you read the book, you you follow the instructions, you'll make a billion dollars too.
1: Exactly. <laughs> That's great. Uh, John, you are an embodiment of the American dream. As the first-generation immigrants, your parents worked hard and were dedicated to put you on the right path to succeed in life. In your inspiring, a must-read book, How Far Do You Want to Go?, you share about a dedicated work ethic and integrity which you lived by your entire life. Could you kindly share with us about your family's early beginnings in America?
2: My, my two grandfathers came to America originally in 1913. One of them came uh, from Constantinople, which is part of Turkey now. and It's called Istanbul. But I always call it Constantinople because my mother was born there. And uh, I always had a lot of respect for my mother's fa- family. And my father, uh, his background is from the Greek island of Nisidos, uh, which is a small volcanic island next to the, the big island of Kos, where a lot of Europeans go there on vacation. So, and he came on an Italian passport because those islands were part of Italy uh, from 1907, I think, all the way to 1947, 48, 49. You know, the Italians were on the wrong side of the war in World War II. <laughs> That's right. So, so when the British came and they said, we have to punish the Italians, we're going to take those islands away from them and we're going to give them back to uh, Greece. So I was, uh, the joke I tell my Italian friends, and my DNA, I'm 28% Italian and 60, uh, 60% Macedonian Greek, I guess because of my, my mother being from from Constantinople. The joke I tell the uh, uh, to my friends, I was I was conceived an Italian because I was conceived an Italian because part of Italy still. Right. I was born Greek, <laughs> right. so uh, I have a little bit of both. I respect uh, I respect both uh, uh, people and all my Italian friends say: "Una faccia, una razza." <laughs> <laughs> or, oh, "Tutto il mondo è un piccolo paese." <laughs> yeah, yeah, and uh, you know, look, we're all we all work hard and we're all from the same part of the world. And and now the big item is we, we maintain the Mediterranean diet so we can live longer. So I make, <laughs> I make sure I follow my uh, uh, friends, the, my doctor friend's uh, instructions. I have one ounce of olive oil every day and I have uh, some figs and uh, hopefully it'll make me li- live longer. You know, the joke, the other joke I tell to friends is uh, enjoy your life, spend the money because
0: you're going to run out of time before you run out of money. John, in reflecting on your American dream, could you share with our engaged listeners a key highlight or two from your amazing business experiences in launching successful business initiatives? What kept you grounded, driven, and determined to achieve the impossible at at all these different seasons? Well, in life, you reach many forks in the road. And one of the things on success
2: is when you reach those forks in the road to make the right decision. And I was very lucky. I had a lot of uh, mentors, Uh, you know, friends, uh, successful elderly uh, business people with a little bit of gray hair because they've already lived life. And most of them, 99% of them want to give good advice to young people. And I would say I'd had about 12 mentors and I got good advice. And uh, made the right uh, decisions, and that's that's the the whole thing. If you keep your nose clean growing up, if you get a good education, and you you have the common sense to pick the right mentors that are going to give you the right direction, then guess what? You have a good chance of becoming successful. And I told I tell people, do what you're best at. Right. Because if you work hard at what you're best at, it's not considered work.
1: Right. And from your book, John, titled How Far Do You Want to Go? You share, and I quote, The American dream I discovered somewhere along the way doesn't come with an instruction manual or a page at the end that says, OK, you can stop now. You have arrived. I know my copy doesn't. I've done a lot and seen even more, but I'm still that immigrant kid who thinks this is the greatest country ever. I still believe in the promise of America. I still believe the best is yet to come." Uh, John, when you look back at the environment for entrepreneurs, businesses and investors in America since the 1968, when you owned your first store, and those conditions and principles that made the American dream possible, How would you compare it to the environment today? Are we moving away from the American dream's principle of equality of opportunity to a socialism's creed of equality of outcome in America today? And what would your advice be to legislators and voters in order to sustain and further extend the American dream?
2: Well, I think it may even be easier to achieve the American dream. I'll tell you why. I have a radio show too, and we have many doctors on it. We have neurologists on it. And all of a sudden, our country is inundated with marijuana and other drugs. Fentanyl, that's killing the kids. Some people say that it's the Chinese involved sending in fentanyl uh, by way of Mexico. And other people are saying, Well, maybe the Chinese are getting, even for the opium wars, anybody that goes back in history, that there were certain Americans that that hurt the Chinese people because of the opium wars, where they fed the Chinese opium. And they have a long memory, and now they're getting even with us with with uh, fentanyl in our young kids. You know, in the last twelve months, we lost one hundred and seven thousand Americans to fentanyl. Mm. This is poison right. coming off of, over our borders, and mm. in Vietnam, in Korea, and Afghanistan, we only lost one hundred and seven soldiers the entire war. Yeah,
0: one hundred and seven thousand.
2: Yeah, yep. and in twelve months, we lose one 110- hundred. You know, thousand people just on fentanyl. So, and the other problem is on the marijuana, states are legalizing marijuana. And it's good for people that are 50, 60, 70 years old, whatever. Go ahead, have a good time. But people don't tell you that when you're 12, 14, 16, 18, up to the age of 26, the mm-hmm. brain is developing. If you're smoking marijuana, The neurologist will tell you the kids will lose 15% of Mm. their intelligence. Very well. 15%. The other other thing is kids that get involved in in sports where their heads are getting hit consistently. Boxing, football. And, you know, everybody loves football, but Mm. there's a price to pay. Again, you get hit enough times in your head. Uh, during boxing when you when you're 12, 14, 16 years old, you lose another 15%. Mm-hmm. So if you, you gotta keep your nose clean, in other words, get a good education and don't participate in things that are gonna hurt you. And, and then there's Generation Z that says that says, well, I only want to work three days a week. Well you're gonna be a failure. You're not gonna make. You're not gonna make a billion dollars working three days a week. You know. You just. You have to pick your your fork in the road and go in the right direction, and you could still become wealthy. Uh, you could become uh, wealthy in many many ways. Whether you start as a plumber, or electrician, or a store owner, if you're capable, guess what? You'll hire. A hundred plumbers, they're going to work with you. Mm-hmm. You'll hire two hundred. You will hire a hundred electricians, etc. Success in America is waiting for those that are willing to work hard. And the other suggestion I make, I said, I said to somebody, "Oh, I got, I got lucky." He says, "The harder you work, the luckier you're going to get." Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I, I try to. Teach those kids as many as I can. I'm chairman of the Police Athletic League mm. in New York that helps young kids. Yeah. And I I try to help as many as I can. And I remember I, I would sit there sometimes with the police commissioner and look at that corner over there and say, oh, there's 100 kids there. How many of those 100 are we going to save?
1: Right.
2: That's important to me. It's a
1: commendable initiative. Right. Absolutely. Right. Uh, John, in your excellent book, How Far Do You Want to Go?, you share the following. These days, I don't think of myself as a Democrat or a Republican. I'm just a common sense billionaire. Uh, your United Refining Company, an independent refiner and marketer of petroleum products, was proclaimed America's best mid-sized employers by Forbes magazine in 2023, It's
2: in this year. Wow, you're doing, you're doing your reading. <laughs> <Right>. Exactly.
1: <laughs> and, and John, with this oil refinery in Warren, Pennsylvania, and the regional chain of gas stations called Quick Fill, you are making your contribution to America's energy independence and energy security.
2: Absolutely. And I remember the first commercial I made. we get all our oil from uh, North America. We get it all from uh, Canada, right. most, most of them Canada, and we refine it in Pennsylvania and distribute it in that uh, whole area within two, 250 miles of the refinery which is in northern Pennsylvania.
0: Right. And
2: guess what I made it I made a commercial. Uh, instead of, uh, I remember when the American people were very upset at OPEC at one time because they were raising the prices so high, it would make and it happened in the last year or so. They ra- Russia and Saudi Arabia raised the prices so high, it was it was making the poor people in America poorer because they were paying right. more for gasoline and making the American people poorer because they were paying more for the for food prices. So that, that was the result. And the commercial I made once, and people loved it, is our oil, our gasoline, is made from North America, crude oil, processed, and made into gasoline by American workers. We didn't buy from Venezuela. Exactly. We didn't buy from Saudi Arabia. So people love the idea of buying American-made gasoline. And we doubled our sales when I ran that commercial.
1: <laughs> Amazing. And, 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 John, we have witnessed this war on fossil fuels in America, which weakened our energy security and is making us dependent on foreign sources of crude oil again. What is your advice to legislators and the administration?
2: North America has enough oil for the next 100 or 200 years. Mm. But we're going to have a different source Way before that, it's nice to dream and say solar energy and wind energy, but those people that believe that solar and wind energy are really going to be our our energy of the future, boy, they're not too smart. and <laughs> I, I you know I sell them the Brooklyn Bridge, which is old New York. Right, <laughs> you okay. know right exactly. uh, and, and we want what's best for America. Uh, And I think there's no substitution for for fossil fuel, crude oil for the next 10 or 20 years. Uh, And General Motors, my opinion, General Motors wants to make all electric cars by 2030. You better, my opinion, you better short the stock. I mean, uh, (laughs) because she's going to ruin, the the CEO of that company is going to ruin her company. Uh, Because, you, you know, people, look, electric cars? Let it be an option. Mm. If people want it, right. let them do it. Right, it must be a choice. But, but it, it should not, Washington should not force the American people into doing it. Exactly. And I think that's important. Uh, the new energy that's going to run uh, the world for the next 50 years, but it won't be available for another 10 years maybe, there's going to be probably small nuclear units uh, around the country. Right. Uh, The same nuclear units that are running our submarines, Mm -hmm. that are safe for the last 40 years, Mm -hmm. that's going to run our cities.
0: Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And John, in your excellent book and timely for the season, How Far Do You Want to Go?, you touch on the polarization of America, the divide we're experiencing in our local communities and across the country. And in your book, you write, I quote, but if I'm going to tell my story right, I figure I might also sound an alarm about some things that need fixing. I don't like how divided our nation is, the way liberals talk only to liberals, conservatives talk only to conservatives, and both sides refuse to listen. That's no way to do democracy right. It wasn't the vision created by my Greek ancestors or spelled out at Federal Hall. And then you continue writing, but then you can't wreck the system that created the wealth you are so eager to distribute. These days, I don't think of myself as a Democrat or Republican. I'm just a common sense billionaire, unquote. John, how do we come together as Americans to solve the real challenges at hand and break down these walls that separate us from addressing problems which can be solved if we apply common sense solutions and a can-do attitude that made this nation an exceptional one in the very first place. Well,
2: I really believe, you know, on my show, I have a show Monday through Friday between five o'clock and six o'clock. And we have common sense Democrats and we have common sense Republicans. Mm -hmm. And during the show, we'll argue... We'll yell at each other, but by by the end of the show at six o'clock, we all give a hug to each other, and that's what America. That's what America was all about. Uh, mm-hmm. When uh, Newt Gingrich was a Speaker of the House and Bill Clinton, uh, who I helped run his campaign, uh, was uh, President, they didn't necessarily like each other, mm-hmm. but they worked hard to make sure they did what's right for America. At that time. The deficit was five and a half trillion. Mm. Guess what? The only time ever they they worked hard, they brought the deficit from five and a half trillion down to five trillion. Mm. Uh, which, so that's what that's that's what it's all about. Extremism on the left, extremism on the right. I don't condone them. I condone common sense people that sit around a round table. And, and come up with solutions. And that's what life is all about. Look, I am scared about the United States of America. Uh, in 2026 is our, our 250th year. 2076 is our 300th year. Mm-hmm. I worry that we're going to make 300 mm-hmm. because look what happened in Venezuela. Mm-hmm. In Venezuela, uh, you had the fifth, wealthiest country in the world you had the wealthiest country in south america and in 20 years it went from the wealthiest country in south america to a vast wasteland Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and everybody left the people lost their country Mm -hmm. and and we're headed into problems in the united states if we keep allowing the wrong people, the, the socialists, to, to mm. try to bring down our country. Mm. And I, I love our country. I'm an immigrant, but oh, I love yeah. our country. And right. we got to do whatever we have to do to have, make sure common sense prevails.
1: John, through your business ventures in aviation, energy, real estate insurance and investments, you have employed thousands of people and significantly contributed to economic growth, not just of local communities and various states, but also at the national level. Uh, John, from your perspective as a job creator, what is your advice to the Biden administration that wants to significantly increase personal, corporate, and capital gains tax rates? Isn't that a sure recipe for reducing further investments, employment, and economic growth?
2: Well, absolutely correct. Uh, They seem today that they want to convert the United States of America, which has been the most successful country, to a Europe type standards and mm-hmm. Europe is suffering. And we, we don't want to be Europe. We don't want to be France. We don't want to be Germany. We want to be the United States of America the way we've always been. Uh, and you know, what we want to be is to make freedoms a choice. We got to make sure that our education process, that our kids get educated in the oh, last few God. years, our education process has gone south and it's wrong. You have, have certain groups of people that are pushing the, the wrong standards for our kids. I mean, uh, I think we're number fifty-eight mm. in the education of uh, of the world now, and one of the world's richest nations to be number fifty-eight in education. Mm. What does that mean? What What happens to the kids that grow up that are number fifty-eight? Mm. We're gonna gonna hurt our country. Exactly. Right. We're not going to make 2076 if we don't fix that. So education, keeping our kids' noses clean. We've made religion the enemy. And we don't want religion. You know, if people want to have religion, that's fine. You know, we used to say, in God we trust. And people are scared to even say, in God we trust.
0: Yeah. And, and on that important note of faith, John, you worked on ecumenical initiatives and commencing with Father Alex and Greek leaders and engaging other communities. You also engaged a uh, the Jewish community, and other Jewish American leaders as well. And John, as we get closer to the holy season of Passover and Easter, and our fellow Americans across the country visit synagogues and churches, how important is faith and its contribution to a moral, virtuous society, a hard-working society? And importantly, why is religious liberty vital for America and its future? Well, it's very, very important. People need faith. Uh, I am the leader,
2: uh, the highest layperson in the Greek Orthodox Church in North America. I also, I work for the Archbishop in North America. I also work for the Patriarch in Constantinople and try to achieve world peace, trying to achieve uh, common sense. Uh, We work very close. With the Catholics, we work very, very close with the, the Jewish communities, and uh, we've even held the Pope and the Patriarch in Christianity s- sit on on equal ground. So when the Pope and the Patriarch are together, they they sit sit on equal thrones, and and me and my family were at the Church of the Holy Sepulcher for the anniversary of the first visit. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the Church of the Holy Sepulchre, the, the Pope and the Patriarch, and we had a joint ceremony in that church, along with the chief rabbi of Israel, uh, and it was a very moving ceremony. So people need faith. They need something to believe in, that it's going to be a better future. Somebody created us. We are not an accident. No matter what the scientists tell you, we're not an accident. Right. Somebody helped create us. And uh, I worked uh, uh, for peace in Yugoslavia. Wow. I led a group of people in 1992. I was in uh, Belgrade uh, for the elections. 91 or 92, I forget. <laughs> and. Uh, I worked very closely with with President Clinton at that time. I will tell you a story someday. Oh,
1: I look forward to it, John. And John, I just wanted to ask you also about a very important part of your life, and that is that you have accumulated significant wealth, and much of it you generously shared through philanthropy. And in your book, you say, I give because I have been extraordinarily blessed in life and I feel a responsibility to spread some of those benefits around. But at the very core of it, there is something else, something that lives inside me, something I strive for every day, something that I hope will partly define me long after I'm gone. That something is philotimo, unquote. Uh, John Philotimo and philanthropy are Greek words. How did your Greek roots and upbringing influence you in realizing the importance of generous giving? And how do you encourage other successful high net worth individuals to increase their share and engagement through philanthropy?
2: It's the training my mother and father gave me. Uh, I remember always my father came as an immigrant in 1949. I was six months old. For him to enter the United States of America, his brothers had to sign that if he didn't pay his bills, if he didn't pay his rents, that they would have to pay it. My father worked seven days a week so he doesn't embarrass himself, doesn't embarrass his family. That's part of philotimo. That means to maintain your family without embarrassing the, the name, without embarrassing uh, uh, where you came from. And I've always, I learned and I live by that. And my father and mother used to teach me, don't do anything that's going to hurt the family name. And, and I think that's important. And The problem in today's world, a lot of our kids from the inner cities don't have a mother and a father. It used to be, when Senator Moynihan wrote the piece on that, it used to be uh, 30% did not have both a mother and a father. Now, unfortunately, it's 70%. And these kids need help. These kids need somebody to mentor them. I was lucky I had a mother and a father. And um, I, I think we have to solve that problem. Mm. That's why at the Police Athletic League, we have Police Athletic League uh, centers that if they get out of school at four o'clock, that they have some place to go to and they don't hang out uh, on the wrong corner making mm. bad mistakes. And our school system has to work on that. Mm. You cannot just let the kids out in the streets with nothing to do. No place to go because their mother is working till six o'clock or seven o'clock.
0: Well, we have been truly honored uh, to have John Katsamatas join us uh, from New York City. His new book, "How Far Do You Want to Go," is available at Amazon and Barnes and Noble and your favorite local bookstore. So we encourage our engaged listeners to seek out that copy. "How Far Do You Want to Go," written by John Katsamatas, and you can
2: get an autographed copy our radio show wabcradio.com and i'll autograph before we send them out wonderful thank you so
1: much john well i look forward
2: to further talks amongst ourselves absolutely blessings to you and your family
0: god bless thank you God 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 bless This is America's Roundtable from Washington, D.C., an initiative of the U.S.-based think tank International Leaders' Summit in partnership with Lancer Broadcasting Corporation and Supertalk Mississippi Media. Thank you for joining us on America's Roundtable. I'm Joe Sami, your co-host, joined by economist Natasha Sardorj, co-founder of International Leaders' Summit and the Jerusalem Leaders' Summit.
1: America's Roundtable guests include leading voices from business, government, media, energy, technology, healthcare, and the broad policy arena. Subscribe to America's Roundtable on Apple Podcasts, Amazon, and Spotify. Visit America's Roundtable at AmericasRT.com. Follow us on Facebook, America's
2: Roundtable, and Twitter at AmericasRT.